Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. In 1968, during the winter, probably about January, we all got a letter stating that a spring break trip was being planned, and if we wanted to participate, there was a meeting in a couple of weeks at the school. It was a trip for anyone, grades 9 through 12, could participate. It was a train trip to our nation's capital and New York City and Chicago. And it was laid out to us that it was to be a trip on the train. And it would take the whole spring break. And there would be plenty of chaperones. And we would be well supervised. And so when spring break came, there were 29 of us, students and chaperones, signed up to go. One of the things in the uh, meeting that was covered was that Washington, D.C., their legal age to purchase and drink liquor was 18 years old. This was my senior year in high school, so several of the people that were seniors that were going would be 18 at the time. And we were warned. We were warned beyond a shadow of a doubt that if any of us was caught with alcohol or trying to purchase alcohol or even alcohol on our breath, the whole group would go back home and the trip would be cut short. Well, as the time got closer to go, I had a girlfriend and I was lamenting that she didn't get to go also. And so for a going away present, that day that we were getting ready to go to on the train, she came bringing me a sack, big old sack. I looked inside of it as a bottle of wine. It had to be a half a gallon. My mind has me thinking it was a gallon of wine, but that's a lot of wine, and it must have not been very expensive. I think she got it out of her dad's liquor cabinet. It was a big old bottle of wine, and so I put it in my duffel bag, and the one I was going to carry on to the train, not my regular suitcase, and I thanked her, and I told her, I shall return. Got on the train, and the whole town was there saying goodbye to everybody, with great fanfare. Biggest thing that happened in that little town in a long time. And I got on the train and immediately I met one of our chaperones. It was Jerry, my teacher Betty Joe's husband and the mayor of the town. He said, hi Jim, how you doing? Let me take that bag from you. And he grabbed my duffel bag with the wine in it. Looked me in the eyes, smiling real big. Held it for a second. Then opened up a overhead compartment and threw her in. I had freaked out totally. I knew that the trip had ended before it ever started. Now as a little disclaimer and a word of apology, I apologize to anybody listening to this podcast that was on that trip that I jeopardized that very thing. I know I was very selfish and only self-centered and didn't think about you all. I'm just thinking about myself. But to defend myself a little bit, when I looked in Jerry's eyes, I knew he knew what was in that bag. I don't know how he knew, but he knew. And he could have busted the whole works right there and we'd all been just sent home. And yet he chose to throw it up in the compartment and away we went on the train. The California Zephyr headed east. The California Zephyr that had the Vista Dome 
sleek silver train that used to come through our town several times a day, I believe, and I used to dream of what it'd be like to go on a long trip on it, and here I was, going. And we started going, and we went and we went. After a few hours, probably more like 10, maybe longer, we went over the Mississippi River, and I went up into the Vista Dome to look at the river as we went over, and there was Jerry and Betty Joe, Alvy and Kay, and I do believe Leah Beth. I'm working off an old picture, and everything in me tells me my speech teacher, Leah Beth, one of my favorite teachers of all time, was on that trip, but I cannot see her face on this group picture. But there's a top of a head, and I have to think that was Leah Beth. I just remember her being on the trip. So I choose to think it was her. If I am to be corrected, that's fine. And we watched as we chugged over the Mississippi River. And onward we went towards Chicago. When we got into Chicago, we stopped and we spent a little bit of time, but not much. 29 of us on that train, uh, there was a lot of goings on. It was a long trip and finally we made it to Washington. And they put us up in a hotel room. And Wayne and I were in the same room, but there were four of us in the room. And I believe one of the guys they put in the room had a reputation of just being a tattletale, for lack of a better phrase of it. I mean, I knew him well, and he was okay, but he did have that reputation. I think it was well-founded. And so what am I going to do with my wine? We were going to drink it that night. The first night we ended up in Washington and now there's no way I can do it. So I went and I found John and Dwayne. And I said, guys, I can't have this wine in my room. We'll be found out for sure. Will you guys take it? I'll be over tonight. We'll drink it. Sure, sure, we'll take care of your wine. Don't drink it without me. Oh, no way, no way we drink it without you. We'll wait for you. Well, something came up that night. I can't remember where we went or what we did, but I couldn't get over there. I was trapped like a rat. So the next day, we were going to go to the U.S. Capitol, to the Pentagon, and to the White House, and to the Smithsonian Institute. And we could not wake up the guys in Dwayne and John's room. I know there was Dwayne and John. I think Mike was in there, and possibly Gene. But we pounded, and before you know it, every chaperone on the trip was there, standing at the door. We had called security to come let us in. I kept pounding saying, Come on, guys, what are you doing in there? Not wanting security to show up at all. Finally, somebody opened the door. And while they were getting the third degree from Jerry and Betty Joe, I walked in and I said, Where's the wine? They go, uh, I knew they drank it immediately. Where's the bottle? Where's the bottle, guys? We got to stash the sucker. It's over there on the windowsill. There's nothing on the windowsill. The window was open. I walked over and I looked over and there was a smash bottle five stories below. Okay, well, the evidence is gone anyway. So they got ready. We had a big meeting on how we had to obey the rules. And I know they knew something was afoot. I'm sure Jerry looked right at me. Wasn't smiling this time. Didn't say a word. I looked back at him, and I probably smiled, kind of like sheepishly, like, ease, Louise. Anyway, we had a wonderful day in Washington. While we were at the U.S. Capitol, we met with Congressman Wayne Aspinall, 
our congressman from the district we lived in in Colorado. We also went to the Lincoln Memorial, climbed up the stairs in the Washington Monument, went to the Jefferson Memorial, went to the Justice Building. This is where the FBI was housed back in the 60s, before the J. Edgar Hoover Building. While we were there, and an employee of the FBI was showing us around, he offered to check one of us out on the FBI's most wanted list to make sure we were all okay and show us how the system worked. And of course, everyone said, check Jim, check Jim. So they did, and I had a clean bill of health. Did so many things and saw so many things for the next two days. It was a wonderful experience. Jam-packed and just saw all the highlights. Went to Mount Vernon. I remember Mount Vernon. The doorways were so short. And I thought Washington was a tall guy. And I had to kind of stoop to go through most of the doors. One of the highlights for me was we went to Arlington National Cemetery where we saw the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and visited John F. Kennedy's grave with the eternal flame. We we're only less than five years removed from President Kennedy's assassination, and it was a somber moment. When our time was done in Washington, we got on a train, and we went to New York, and we pulled into Penn Station there, and this big old train station and I'm sure that keeping us all together was something like herding cats. But Jerry and Betty Joe, Leah Beth, and Alvin Kay were very good at it. And we weren't little kids, so we could wander a little and find our way back. Well, we ended up at our hotel. And that night, we went to a Broadway play at the Majestic Theater and saw Fiddler on the Roof. For some reason, in my mind, I always thought we went to that play in Washington. But I started Googling, and that play was not in Washington in 1968. It was at the Majestic Theater. As I started looking at the theater, all of a sudden the thing looked very, very familiar to me. And then I clicked on a playbill of it, and by golly, I used to have that playbill. I may still somewhere. So even though I didn't understand plays and wasn't much interested in it, I've watched the movie with my wife since, and it's actually very good, and it was a very successful play on Broadway. When we got home back to the hotel from the play, Wayne and I used to do things that were kind of weird, and it was all Wayne's doings on this. I mean, I did weird enough stuff as it was. But he liked to go to the dump, find old wine bottles, old liquor bottles, just empty ones bring them home, wash them up, had a collection of them. Well, he wanted to go down and see if we could find any old bottles. So we started going downstairs and bringing, the dumpsters were just full of bottles and stuff, and bringing bottles up and bringing bottles up and bringing bottles up. And we probably had 30 bottles or, or so, and I'm sure our dual pigeon of a friend, I'd love to say his name because he is a friend, but I can't because of the reputation I'm giving him on this podcast. But somehow, some way, somewhere, our hotel room was raided by the cops and hotel police, hotel security. And they searched our room for drugs and wanted to know where the rest of the alcohol was. And we're saying, we found these bottles in the dumpster. Leave us alone. 
So all of a sudden, again, we had Jerry there and Betty Joe and Leah Beth wanting to know what was going on, why we were doing this, what were we doing, do we want to go home? And all it was was Wayne's little deal about collecting bottles. While we were in New York, we went to the United Nations, to the Empire State Building, went up to the Statue of Liberty, and they said they apologized when we were there, saying, we're sorry, but the torch is closed. Uh, people cannot go up into the torch right now. I didn't even know you could go up in the torch. And I think we went up into the, the crown of it, if memory serves me correctly. That night, we drove through Greenwich Village, and everybody was saying, watch Jim, he's going to escape and go in to get lost in the Greenwich Village. Watch him, watch him. Well, I don't know how this came to pass, but I must have went there because I got a souvenir from there. So as our time in New York was coming to an end and we had seen all the sites, Times Square, Brooklyn Bridge, Carnegie Hall, where the Lovin' Spoonful was to play there that night, Radio City Music Hall, saw the Rockettes. We didn't get to see Yankee Stadium, which is a very big disappointment for me, but that's okay. After a couple days, we got on the train and we headed back towards home, stopping in Chicago, taking a bus tour by the lake, saw the L, and then we made it back to my old hometown, up there in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, north central Colorado. And the town was there to greet us. And as we got off the train, I was wearing my souvenir from Greenwich Village. It was a t-shirt. Years later, I had a family of my own. My little girls were up at Grandma and Grandpa's playing. My wife and I had come pick them up, take them home. And my mom said, oh, Jim, hold on. I have a gift for you. I've been meaning to give this to you. She pulled out that old t-shirt. After the shock of it wore off, I couldn't believe how small it was. All those memories came back to me of that trip. I have that shirt today. My wife has it put away somewhere. I'd have to ask her where it's at. I don't know what she's saving it for. I took a million pictures when I was on that trip. I spent basically all of my money on film. Kept buying film, buying film, taking pictures. I got home, I had about 40 rolls of pictures. It's not like today, you couldn't see them, nothing was digital. And I dumped the big bag of film on the kitchen table. I said, here you guys go, why don't you develop these? Let's see what I took. My dad said, I am not developing those pictures. If you want to develop the pictures, you use your own money and develop the pictures. So we negotiated back and forth and came up with a deal where, let me pay for one batch, let me develop them and... Then if you guys really like to see the trip I took, maybe you could develop some too. They said, okay. So I took my roll of film down to the drugstore and about three or four or five days later, went and got them, take them home and opened them up and said, here you go. Here's the pictures. Sat there all smug. My mom took them out and looked. I think there was 24 pictures to a roll or something like that. And every one of them was showing a car on the highway and the car was a convertible, and there were two girls sitting in it. And I can remember this. I stood in the bus in the very front as we were barreling down the highway, 
and took those girls' pictures. Never got close enough to ever even see their face, but there were two girls in a convertible, and I wasted a roll of film on that. Needless to say, we never developed any of the other pictures. I have no idea what was on them. All those memories and stuff went up in flames with the two girls in that convertible. I can't say my parents wasted their money on the trip, and I'm awfully glad that I didn't ruin the trip for everybody involved. I think if I'd have been my parents, old Jim wouldn't have gone on that trip. I don't know, that wasn't my thing. I was just an accidental tourist. If you'd like to donate to our podcast to keep us commercial free, you can follow the link at babyboomertales.com. The link says, support our podcast. Thank you for joining me today on a little trip to Washington and New York. I don't collect wine bottles anymore. Always be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday.